welcome to another episode of Granny Shot. I've got Delco and Don with me again. We're going to be talking NBA free agency as well as trades, NBA draft, everything you could possibly want here. I'm not going to lie, guys. I am drunkenly excited, literally. But how are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. I'm not quite drunkenly excitedly excited, but I'm buzzedly excited. Sounds so. like you're drunkenly excited. No, I, I just can't talk. I just started my uh, Wednesday night butt chugs, so we'll we'll be there soon. Wow, it's not going to be long before Don learned his words. No, not long at all. So before we jump into some of the free agent stuff that, that's been going on over the last couple of days, as well as some of the trades, we're going to start off with the Rockets. But first... I want to give everybody an update on the granny jingle. Guys, I've been working on something. Are you excited to hear it? Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Are, are you are you ready, Delgo? Tell me you're ready. I'm something. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's, let's see what you think. That was beautiful. That one second of fame. That was better than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was take one. But here's take two. So I'm I'm still working on it. It's a work in progress, but I, I think I like where we're going. Was that Elton John? I'm related to Elton John, actually. Oh, I can tell. Tickle the ivory. Stick to basketball, Ryan. All right, fine. <laughs> I'm still going to keep working on it. I'm, I'm working on my keys and, and uh, my singing. I'm really, really getting there. Once you get those two things down, it's going to be easy. Yes, exactly. Just make a TikTok. You'll be uh, famous <laughs> in no time. <laughs> All right. So to the real stuff here, uh, for for those that are only listening for the granny jingle, you can leave now. Uh, but we're going to get into the Rockets and the free agent moves that they've been making. And even before the draft, the Rockets were kind of a shit show, right? You've got Maury that left. You've got Harden, who seems like he wants to leave. And you've got Westbrook, who doesn't even seem like he wants to leave. It's being widely reported that he wants to leave. And then they go and they make a couple of moves, right? Bob Covington leaves. He gets signed by Portland. And we're not going to talk about Portland today, but I will just say that I like that move for Portland. Austin Rivers leaves. But they've still got Harden and they've still got Westbrook. But sounds like they want to leave, right? And then now they've gone and added Boogie and Christian Wood, right? So Boogie gets signed less than 24 hours ago, one year, $5 million deal. Christian Wood gets a three year for $41 million deal just around draft night. And now it seems like, are they going all in or not? Right. I mean, what the fuck are the Rockets doing? Yeah, that's a damn good question. Um, Harden wants to leave, right? I mean, that's apparently been his mantra ever since the pl- the playoffs ended. And I think Westbrook got like caught wind of that and was like, hey, I want to be out of here before Harden is, is dealt but now it's backfiring because no one's been dealt yet. The team chemistry there is has always been suspect. I do like the signings that they've had, especially with Christian Wood. Um, Boogie is a it's a hitter. I mean, it's a home. It's a hit or miss, right? It's it's one year, five million. If he if he plays well, like the Boogie we all we all know, P Kings, right? Um, they're gonna be tremendously better. But I don't think that team stays together at all. I, I think Harding gets dealt to the Nets just because that's that's how he plays the game. He's a baby. Well, I don't think they're getting peak boogie. <laughs> I don't think anyone it we ex- deserve peak boogie expects that. I, I have no idea what the Rockets are doing. I, I also I'm so annoyed with the constant like 
hot take reporters just saying random things just to get clicks? Like, did we not hear that Harden had a verbal agreement and that like Westbrook was on the way out? And and then now we hear that apparently Harden was involved in the recruitment of Boogie. And so is he recruiting Boogie so he can leave the Nets? <laughs> like, what, what am I supposed to believe here? I think the verbal agreement between the Nets and the Rockets was like, yo, bro, you down? And they're like, yeah, I, I think I'm down. Yeah. And then Zach Lowe picks it up and is like, verbal agreement. <laughs> got one. <laughs> but I'm not even fucking kidding. Like, I seriously think that's that's the stuff that gets reported these days. And and now they, they go out and sign Boogie, which to me, that's the most recent news is they signed Boogie. Why in the world would they sign Boogie if they didn't have every intention of keeping Harden? Yeah, it makes no sense if they don't think they're going to keep Westbrook and Harden. And it, the Christian it, Wood signing doesn't make sense either in that context. It's especially i'm hearing the owner is trying to like uh get out of the luxury tax which kind of made sense i thought maybe he didn't give a shit about basketball for a couple seasons he was trying to survive the covid lockdowns because he's big in the restaurant and gambling industries but to say all that and then sign christian wood to a decently big deal and then bring boogie in it's it's kind of making me wonder if there's like two or three separate people making these decisions but giving up covington was on one of the best contracts in the league i love that for the blazers as well and now you have a cheap uh linchpin uh, a perfect fit for a team like the rockets and they just shipped him for nothing so i don't know what they're doing i think they're still trying to figure it out and I think that they totally are figuring it out on the fly. Like the the Covington trade felt like they were like, yep, we're going to trade these guys. They asked to be traded. And then they sat in the market for a couple of days and were like, wait, nobody wants Westbrook in that contract. The only thing we're going to get for Westbrook is like. Karis Levert. Yeah, like like not even that. I don't even think they would get that, honestly. For Westbrook? Oh, like, oh sorry. I thought you meant for Harden. Yeah. And, and then the only trade for Harden is what's whatever the Nets can give back, which is not that much, you know? So, I mean, it's yeah. basically their whole team, but still not that much. Their yeah. whole their whole team besides uh, the big two. So it would just be Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, and then whoever they can find on the streets. I mean, that's honestly enough, though. Let's be real. That's probably that's probably enough. That's I mean, it's not enough, but I don't think that I don't think the Nets have enough to entice the Rockets to do it. You know, so it's like maybe they're coming to the realization of we would rather just force Westbrook and Harden to play together for two more years than to trade them for what we don't think is worth it. And yeah. I, honestly, I don't really blame them to be completely honest. Like if if Westbrook and Harden have to play, they can't just like refuse to play. Like, and I know it seems like players do that these days, but that is. You can void a contract if somebody does that, right? So I don't think they'll do that. I think they've got too much respect for the game to do that. And I think by adding Boogie and by adding Christian Wood, that maybe they're now just like, screw it, man. Like, let's just go out and try to win. And let's run this back and see what we can do. What I don't like is they're just, even when they're keeping Harden and Westbrook, they're not good enough to make any noise, like serious noise in the playoffs. I think their team last year was better than the one that they're forming this year. So what's going to be different with LA, with the Lakers looking 10 times stronger, with the Clippers still looking strong with some crucial signings, like it's going to be LA all over the West again. I just don't see any of the moves they're making as anything noteworthy. I mean, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year with what they've done already. I definitely don't think they're going to be as good as last year and i'm pretty sure that there's still moves that they're going to make i don't think i don't think all three of westbrook harden and eric gordon 
are going to end up starting the season. I think they're still trying to shed some salary and I don't think it's going to be in the context of the team and what they can do to win or what they can do moving forward. I think it's there's a lot of financial implications to to the moves that they're making here and I think they're just trying to shed some salary. I think they'll move one of those actually I don't know. I, I think they'll try to move one of those three. I think what they would like to do is to move Westbrook and get some value back and still be able to compete this year. But I don't think that's possible. So I think that's the challenge. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think of this team is really any worse than it was last year. I mean, like Bob, I think Covington's a good player, but I think he's I think he's a little overrated by a lot of people. In the okay, sense but like, getting rid of Covington for nothing and then having your two superstars get another year older when they're both already in their 30s, they certainly didn't get better and i think it's it's but they added a young christian wood and they added boogie who we don't know what he's gonna be i mean christian wood could be just as valuable as covington was covington only played like 30 games for the rockets the rockets were really good before covington even joined them they were they were pretty good i mean but that just they were really good they were what does regular season really matter that much i mean no but like i mean your the argument was was they're worse than they were last year and maybe they are if they're if they are worse than last year it's like so minuscule i think their roster is still pretty much the same like i I just don't think that losing covington and adding christian wood is that much of a difference i think it's a pretty big difference honestly yeah when i I look at it i when i judge a team i more or less look at how much worse or better are they in regards to how far they can go in the playoffs like when they're matchups against the other top teams and i see them taking a hit this year Especially right that small lineup they're they're trying to execute last year. Now they they have Christian Wood, who I, I do like, but the boogie thing is it's a it's a swing for the fences. And if you have two teammates in Westbrook and Harden that maybe don't see eye to eye, this is the, the toughest part is that no one really knows where they stand and Harden requesting to leave, but then right supposedly bringing Boogie on board, Westbrook hearing noise of what Harden leaving saying, I wanna leave. No one wants Westbrook right now. I mean, James Harden is the only attractive person on that team. He's pretty good looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very. That you beard. Need, yeah. Mm. He should shave the beard. You're crazy. That, that, just because you just because you can't just because you can't grow on Don doesn't mean he should shave it. That would can, be a total rebrand <laughs> for the Rockets. Just a beardless Harden coming out. You never know. I have hair all over my body, Ryan. Don't worry about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is what the granny fannies want to know. Yeah. Not the that? basketball. This and the jingle. We don't need <laughs> basketball. Yeah. But I, again, I don't think Cousins um, or, or Christian Wood are going to make them better than they were off last year um, with Covington. So I don't know what the hell we're... I, Covington was on the team for like less than half the season. Like it's not like they were only and he, good when and Covington he added, joined. What he did added they give up for Covington? I don't know. Honestly, I, I do not know. All I know is that Bob Covington went to Portland and that the Rockets roster is not any stronger than it was after he left. All right. Well, I think the Rockets... It was, should, it was like a future second or a future first. The, the Rockets are going to be worse than they were last year, and I think they're almost certainly going to make another move and get worse with that move. So do we have any predictions? Like, do you guys have any predictions, though, as to, like, what happens with them? So I, I think that they're going to stick with what they have, and they're going to continue to build on the roster that they have. It sounds like what Delco's saying is that they're going to revert from the Boogie and Christian Wood signing and get rid of somebody. I think that they'll try to strengthen their roster instead of try to 
kind of back out of competing and making the playoffs and maybe winning a series or two, right? I'm not saying that the Rockets are going to win it all, right, by any means or even close to winning it all, but they are extremely talented and they can certainly win a series or two in the playoffs. And if they add some pieces, I still think they can. And I think that's what they're going to end up doing. I think they're going to figure out a way to convince Westbrook and figure out a way to convince Harden to stay because they're not going to get the value that they want back for Westbrook. And they're not going to be able to ship Harden to a team that Harden wants to play for. Yeah. My good. Yeah. I was just going to say my prediction is they want to get under that luxury cap number and they're going to do whatever it takes to get there. And they're going to make, they're going to move at least one of Harden Westbrook or Eric Gordon. And I think that's their main priority, whether that means rebuilding or that means competing this year. I think they care about that luxury tax number. Does moving Eric Gordon make them worse? Because I don't know that it does. I don't. There's no one in the market for Eric Gordon. Yeah, I agree. I think someone does. Does moving Westbrook make them worse? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I honestly don't think it does, but we'll, we'll see. So they can just ship Westbrook and Covington <laughs> and be better. <laughs> Though they've got Christian Wood and Boogie. I mean, I don't know what Boogie's going to be, but they're not just going to get nothing out of out of Eric Gordon. They're going to still add people. They have like seven people rostered right now. Okay, so who are you uh, if 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 you're shipping off Westbrook and you're saying they're not getting any worse with him gone, who are you having fill his spot? LeBron James. It depends who they ship him to. But like, for example, if they were to ship him to what were some of the rumors of, of where Westbrook could go? I know Basically originally it was the New Knicks York, New York and Charlotte. the Hornets, right? So the Hornets would ship back like Cody Zeller and Terry Rozier or Terry Rozier, Cody Zeller and Malik Monk. All right. Honest to God, I think that Rogers would be just as good. Because I think that Westbrook and Harden are redundant on the floor on the offensive side of each other. Uh, the Knicks, I think they would get. I I don't know. What would they get? Maybe pile of trash, free Billy Joel tickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's I completely blanking that the guy that's Julius Randle. Yes, Julius Randle, overpaid lefty. I don't love him on the Rockets at all, but they probably end up getting Julius Randle. Probably Kevin Knox and the other trash that the Knicks have. But that's why he's not going to get sent to the Knicks, I don't think. But I mean, I think they'd get stuff out of it to make them deeper and and okay. You you can easily look at analytics and show that the Rockets were just as good, if not better, when the two of them were off the floor than when they were on the floor together. Like, I'm pretty sure all of the metrics show that they were worse when they were on the floor together than when Harden was just out there by himself. Yeah, they. I mean, they probably do because they're both very ball dominant. But I just, I can't ever see that happening. I, I don't, I don't agree with that, especially in the playoffs. I think you need both those players. If like, if if they lose one of those players, that team is destined for seventh, eighth seed. Uh, yeah, I think, and I'm not basing this on how it stands today. I'm basing this on how I think it'll play out. The the Rockets are going to win under 50 games this year. I would agree with that. Not only is it a short, short year, but the West is stacked this year. I mean, the West is always stacked, but um, I think we've we've come to our conclusion pretty much on how how the Rockets are going to be this year. Now, I'm a little salty about it. I'm still willing to argue it. We're well, salty about what? About your stance, Don. Well, that's ridiculous. You're saying if they get rid of an All Star, they're going to get better. Ryan's argument is Westbrook and Covington are way worse than like Monk if they can get that back. This is not even remotely close to my argument. Dangerously I, I think, close. I, I think that they can trade Westbrook and get something back for it that they'll be just as good as they were last year. 
Yeah. I, I just realized I was looking at the Rockets only won 44 games last year. I was just going to that's what I was literally looking up in the background as you said that they won 50 over under is 50 games. And I was about to be like, I'm pretty sure they didn't win fucking 50 games. But what a <laughs> yeah. old fucking call. I'll, there. I'll take under 44. <laughs> Hot take of the day. Yeah. They're going to lose more games than they lost <laughs> last year. Oh. I don't even know what to say to you, Ryan. That's why, that's why we you keep you say, around. You can say I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we'll 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 check back on this in in a couple months. I, I'm excited. I'll take that. that bet. 44 games. All right. Yeah, I think they're going to be worse than they were this year. So 44 games. There's only 72 games this coming season. So whatever, whatever. Too bad. Bet 44 we can sort out later. Whatever the percentage is, I will take that. All right. So we're agreeing to disagree on the Rockets. Yeah, I have nothing more for you. You're you're a lost cause. All right, so Rockets, we obviously disagree in terms of the direction that they're heading and if they're better currently than they were last year. But there's been tons of big moves in free agency, and one thing that I want to make sure that we mention is we're not going to get to all of them. We'll get to the big stuff in multiple episodes coming up in the future. But the other one that we wanted to touch on because the huge news, I think it broke on Sunday, was Gordon Hayward signs with the Hornets. I think the first big shock was on Saturday, or Friday was that Gord Hayward opted out and did not accept his qualifying offer of 34 ish million dollars right from the Celtics. The second shock was that he ended up getting a deal almost exactly equivalent to the first one that he had with the Celtics in a four year, $120 million fully guaranteed deal from the Hornets. All right. There are rumors around that there was uh, offers from the Pacers and some sort of deal that Danny Ainge had going on there. And there were rumors that the Celtics were working on uh, potentially offering him something just to extend it to more of a longer term contract. I think the NBA world holistically was just completely shocked that he Gordon Hayward ends up with one hundred and twenty million dollars. Right. I personally Agreed. am yeah. appalled by it. I think so, too. But what are those rumors that the Celtics and the Pacers both offered similar contracts to Gordon? I don't know really? if I believe that. The rumor was over a hundred million. I I didn't see any specificity about the exact dollar amount. I just saw over a hundred million. Yeah, I, I saw that these that the both the Pacers and the Celtics both offered over a hundred million, but it was not close to 120. So imagine, you know, 100, 105, right? There's also so much in that that matters, right? Is it fully guaranteed? Is there a player option in the fourth fourth season? Is there not? I think right? it, that I makes think it is fully guaranteed difference. and there is no player option, right? Yes, the current contract that he signed with the Hornets is. Right. But the one that I'm saying and the fact is, like, uh, oh, the, okay. the Celtics offered four years, $100 million or four years, $105 million, right? We don't know, you know, was there a player option at the end? Was there a team option in that fourth season? That makes a huge difference, right? Not having the that, that fourth season fully guaranteed for someone that's going to be 31, I think, in February or March is huge. Yeah, he hasn't finished the season in, what, two or th- two years? I mean, some devastating injuries. The one thing I'll say, I've been super back and forth about this trade because I, I like Gordon Hayward. He's definitely not worth the value. Not a trade. Sorry, the signing. Um, but what I would say is that next for, uh, next year, a lot of teams have a tremendous amount of cap space. And for small market, mid, small market, mid-market teams like us who have us as Hornets fans, of course, um, who have no chance of making these these big signings that create noise. I get, I sometimes get it. You you have to you have to pay people with notoriety and a name who may be on a, a down season or a down slump in their career, but have proven to be 
all-star worthy and we did pay him but at the same time right next year all these other big teams are getting their money back uh free agency will definitely be more enticing with with some bigger names coming on to the uh availability i don't like the money like i I hate it i hate it especially coming off that patoom contract and we can get into the patoom thing uh we were about to be free from all the the hell that we've been in with the uh, market cap situation but one final curse from Batum. yeah one final he's just the leech but i the reason i don't necessarily hate it the one thing making me not hate it is one it makes the team a little bit more exciting two it, it brings an all-star a former all-star to charlotte to a team that really needs a spark and someone who probably can't get a spark in another year when a lot more prevalent teams have more more space so that's like the one approach that I'm taking to it is I don't know in another year if we would have been able to do this because again, this is, it's a, it's a weird year, but it's also one that we could have capitalized on and we did. So I don't yeah. know. I think from a pure basketball perspective, you can't deny this is a wonderful signing for, for the Hornets. Just not looking at the contract, looking at bringing on a high character, well-rounded all-star I think he can. Yeah, but this isn't fucking fantasy land. Like, you know, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, you know, if I were able to just get whoever the fuck I wanted, I, I should add him for, you know, money doesn't matter. That's, that's not what this is. It's true. Right? But and this I'm, is this is Charlotte Hornets land where yeah. the best free agent they've ever had is is Big Al, who I think some considered to be a bit of a reach at that point in his career. And he ended up being an all NBA signing. So, you know, that, that's a lot of money. Especially looking at some of these other contracts, Baco two years, nineteen million, uh, uh, Bogdanovich looking at four years, seventy-two to eighty-three, depending. That's the that's the area I would have liked to see uh, Gordon go, and I think that's the area the market kind of expected him to go. But at the end of the day, when you're the Charlotte Hornets and you decide you want to have people watch your games, I mean, I think I think ball would have been enough to get people in the seats. So the timing is definitely interesting, but I think it could be also be important to have an established veteran kind of guide ball during those four years of his career and not just purely have it be the ball show where it's ball and a bunch of, you know, no names. I think it could be good to have another all-star to take the pressure off of ball and help him develop. So I don't think anyone here is going to disagree. That's a terrible contract, but it's also not an apocalyptic Batum contract in my eyes. I mean, he could get hurt and it could be certainly. But OK, so I I will go on record as saying I like Gordon Hayward a lot. I'm excited for the Hornets this season. I am probably asking for a Gordon Hayward jersey for Christmas. Right. I, I'm really pumped about it. But it's not about if I'm excited to watch this team because the last couple of years have been awful. It is about us handcuffing ourselves to a guy that is about to be 31 has been crazy injured and when he hasn't been playing has been above average, right? Let's not even throw in the word all-star because we haven't seen all-star Gordon Hayward in any sort of consistent fashion in five years, right? If you keep so, talking like that, Santa's not going to bring you that Gordon Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's bringing it. I've been good this year. So I think it's you. you can't talk about this in just the context of basketball without like you have to talk about it from the business side, right? When when we signed Batum to that first contract, nobody was saying that's a horrible deal at the time. Nobody was saying it was a horrible deal. It was, yeah, Batum had a pretty good year. He's a nice glue guy. This should be fine. Right. That was that was the consensus at the beginning. Right. But when you sign someone to a long term deal with a lot of money, 
like that a couple years down the road when you're trying to entice other people to come to Charlotte, when you're trying to build on a team that's maybe stuck in six, seven, eight, nine, ten land, but they don't have any money because they're paying a 34 and 35 year old Gordon Hayward $30 million. That's the problem, right? That's where it's going to hurt. And it's not just $30 million. That's the point that no one's made yet. It is $39 million for the first three years because in order to make space for Gordon Hayward, we had to waive Nicholas Batum and stretch his contract out $9 million per year over the first three years. So Gordon Hayward is essentially hit it, taking a $39 million cap on the Hornets over the next three years. Hey, it could be John Wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I I think everyone agrees with what you're saying. I, you're, again, I don't think you're going to, unless they're just out of this world, no one's going to like disagree with anything you're saying about the cap space and how much money he's taking up and how ridiculous that is. My whole point is that it makes the team a lot of fun. If Gordon Hayward does come back to be that player that he was with Utah and the for, the former self, and I know the odds are against him because of the injuries, but he did have some flashes and some really nice games last season. If he can prove to be that guy for Charlotte, that team gets a hell of a lot sexier, a lot a lot more fun, and it's definitely pushing into the playoffs. And I think it would attract down the road other people to come play for us. And that's one of the biggest problems for the Hornets is they have no sex appeal to any free agent. So I think the fact that we've been able to... Um, and I apologize if I keep saying we, it's just natural as Hornets fans, but it's just, it's nice to see us take a risk on someone who this, yes, this is not Nick Batum. Nick Batum was never at the Gordon Hayward level in his life. Lance Stevenson, when we signed him, he was never at that in his life. We, we now have a former all-star who, right. It's like, it's like buying, it's buying a, a nice stock when it's super cheap. It could crash and burn and it actually may reverse and work out. And I know it's a lot of money, but the Hornets don't have... Look at the East. We are so far behind. We don't have that many options. Sure, you look at our draft history, we could continue to try to make good draft picks. How has that worked out in the past? It's, I mean, we are in such a hole with, with MJ as our owner, let's be real. We don't have that many options. I think at some point you have to bite the bullet and you have to take a chance. I mean, and that's what we're, no. that's what we're doing. And we, we put $120 million into some Best Buy stock because it's so cheap right now. Best Buy is actually doing well. Are they really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah Gordon, there you go, Ryan. Gordon's going to be great. Uh, no, I I, right, I, have, uh, I have a take on, on Gordon Hayward. I, I'm also kind of trying to stay optimistic about it. And I think he's a good player. And I think the contract is ridiculous. But my, my take is that even if Gordon comes back and is his all-star self, the Hornets still won't make the playoffs. I completely agree. So like peak situation is Gordon Hayward's a borderline all-star at the age of 31. And we're like basically in the exact same situation as we were with Kemba for four years. Straight. For one, okay. First of all, uh, who do you, who do you have in that ace, ace spot over them? I think the Hornets magic and wizards will be fighting for the eight to 10 seed Hawks. The Hawks are getting the sevens. Yeah, Hawks are definitely in. Yeah, okay. My my but my th- my thing is that it's not about is I know it's a it's a big money contract, but it's also not short term, right? Like if he has a great season next season, and say we we barely miss playoffs, we weren't going to make playoffs with them either. And what that could do is that could generate a little bit of hope for the team and a little bit of hope that we can get another free agent and next year again next year or yeah at like least I, the, the, dra- the draft next year is stacked so if we can get a nice draft pick and we get lucky on a nice draft now that team is looking actually not that bad 
look, like you're you're right. Like all of these potential scenarios are possible, but I think the point is is that it's highly unlikely that what you just said is going to happen. Right? It's like yeah. Gordon Hayward plays like an all star. We barely missed the playoffs. We hit the lottery, and all of a sudden, oh, we've got a great draft pick, and Charlotte's looking nice. Woo! All right. No, I think like the whole point of people wanting to rebuild this year was because the draft this coming year was good. I think a lot of Charlotte fans were kind of uh, okay with the rebuild and not trying to really improve and jump into that eight nine slot that we've lived in for a while. But like, I think obviously if we can get a little bit more optimistic than us. If we can get Gordon on that Bog Bogdanovich um, seventy two million dollar contract, I'm all in on that move. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, I think I would 100% before that as well. But that's $50 million less than what we offered him. So it's a huge difference and unfortunately not the situation that the Hornets are in. But let's shift to the Celtics, right? Because Gordon Hayward goes from the Celtics to the Hornets. And it's the second straight season that the Celtics have lost a free agent to the market, right? You had Kyrie, which I don't know that Celtics fans were that upset about that. That Kyrie left. It didn't seem like a great fit there. And then now they've got Gordon Hayward, which I think most people probably when he opted out of that qualifying offer, most Celtics fans were probably like, thank fucking God. Like, we don't want to pay him thirty five million dollars this year. But at the same time, now it looks like they're probably not going to replace him with anything. Right. So it's a little bit of an odd situation for the Celtics in terms of would they have rather just kept Hayward for this one last season because. I think the the prospect of signing Bogey is gone, and the free agent market is drying up. Yeah, I agree completely. I think that I think it was a big miss not to re-sign him this year. And when the one thing you think about is go back to the playoffs when they were against the Heat, and uh, Gordon Hayward was was set to be out. Right, all the all the Celtics fans had no hope. As soon as Gordon Hayward gets the news that he's going to be active, that does a tremendous amount for a team. I mean, we talk. We talk pretty little about Gordon Hayward because of his injuries, but he plays a very important part for that Celtics team. Um, and he gives them a, a really great chance of being competitive when it comes down to the final one or two teams in the NBA. Without him, without someone to replace him, I think they're in a world of hurt. I, I do like some of the signings they had. I like Tristan Thompson, um, Jeff Teague, meh. But yeah, I, I have to agree with what you first stated was that I don't think they're going to be able to fill that slot. And I think it was a real a real big miss not being able to, to get something um, if, if not just for to resign or like to keep him on board for this year, but also they're in talks with Indiana. They might've got a sign and trade from Indiana to help fill that maybe a little TJ Warren, but they have nothing now. And I'm looking at who they signed and I don't, I don't see this team being as good as they were um, this previous season. If they're not able to fill that void. Yeah, I think Hayward played a really critical role for them when he was on the court of being the Swiss Army knife, of being able to facilitate the offense, being able to shoot, although he his shot was a little off last year, being able to rebound, just being a, a good team defender out there. And they're definitely going to miss that. I'm, I'm with Don on that. Um, I think that Tristan Thompson is going to come in there and actually be huge for them. I think he's love that. I think he's exactly what that team was was looking for, and I think he can bring a, a lot to the. How much do they end up paying him? I think ten million dollars. 
it was, uh, it was cheap. Uh, so it was he, cheap. He's, he's, it's, it's a good deal. He's a different type of player, of course. He's not going to bring anything close to what Gordon was bringing, but he brings a different type of skill set and a different type of toughness. And they also brought in Jeff Teague, who I think can pick up some of that playmaking uh, potentially. So I'm, I'm with you. I think Celtics fans are happy to have him off the books. I think they're going to miss him when it comes down to the playoffs because, as we've said in other podcasts, they're definitely all in. I think... They're officially championship or bust right now. I don't even think Eastern Conference Finals is a successful season for the Celtics right now. That it just feels like every year they expect to win at least the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think they're they're going to feel his absence there, and I'm not sure what their backup plan is if they have one. Is Kemba healthy? I love, I, yeah, that's another question. I think Kemba gets uh, gets managed pretty pretty heavily this season. Yeah. Um, I love the Tristan Thompson sign, and I think I called that out at one point, one of our earlier episodes, that I think that they should sign him. Uh, and I just want to confirm it is he is getting about $10 million a year, a two-year, $19 million contract. Um, I don't think they lose a ton by losing Hayward, to be honest. I think they're still in the one to four seed range. I don't think they drop below that. I think they'll end up winning close to the same amount of games that they won last year. Hayward missed a lot of games this past season. I think that they're still very good when Marcus Smart starts in place of Gordon Hayward. I think that they're going to try to bolster their bench, kind of how how they've done with Tristan Thompson to give them that front court depth. Will Tristan Thompson end up starting in front of Thice? Regardless, that doesn't really matter, right? They'll get the depth one way or the other there. But then they also have Jeff Teague to come in, be kind of that secondary, uh, that second unit creator. Um, They're not winning at all with the roster they have now. They're probably not coming out of the East with the roster they have now. They need to bolster the depth. But like, I I don't really see it as like this horrible, you know, season ending situation for for them to lose Hayward. And that's another kind of, I guess, knock on Hayward, right? Is that. I don't I just I don't really think the Celtics got that much worse from losing a guy that's about to get paid 120 million dollars, right? And that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I don't I don't think they got that much worse either, but I think they got significantly worse when it comes down to those fine lines of what you know, what separates them from a championship team. When I look at their their best 5 on the floor, their best 6 that they could produce, missing Gordon Hayward is a, a big miss out of and especially with the names that they have less, left on that roster. That's where I, that's more like where I see it. I agree. Like the regular season, they're going to be fine. When it comes down to playoffs, that's when that's when you pay someone to make a difference. And Gordon Hayward made that difference again. I mean, the Miami Heat series was a, a great result of that. Yeah, they did, they didn't win, but just the amount of potential they had to overcome the Heat, uh, gain. Gordon Hayward made like a big impact on that. But Hayward was fucking garbage in that series. He was. He Gordon was, also I mean, does a lot of little things that don't show up in the box score. I think yeah. that, that they're going to miss. So Yeah, but you can find a lot of people that do a lot of little things that don't show up in the box score. I, I don't know. It's just like, I don't think that they lose that much by losing Hayward. Oh, I don't, I, I don't, I I don't think you should get a Gordon Hayward jersey, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love I'm, Gordon Hayward. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting a Gordon Hayward jersey. He, he's very redundant on that Celtics team and I, I don't think that they lose that much. I think that they're going to, if they are able to bolster their bench, I think that they could end up coming out better this year. Well, I mean, they're able to. I don't know that they will be able to. I think that there is a lot to be said that Ainge didn't get anything out of Gordon Hayward. Um, I think he failed again. Um, and I'm sure he's probably going to come out and say, you know, oh, I offered the Pacers 12 draft picks, but they said no, right, to cover his face. But I was going to package like, Tatum with, with Hayward, but they declined it. Yeah, it's like it's starting to get ridiculous how often, you know, after the fact, Ainge comes out and is like, oh, you know, I was working really hard to make a deal, but 
you know, nobody wants seven first round draft picks. It's just like, dude, like stop trying to save face and go out and make a deal that makes your team better. Yeah. Right? He hasn't he hasn't done it in a while. Remember when they missed out on AD? Remember the AD talk to, to the Celtics not too long ago? They've drafted well, right up, you know, near the front with Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you know the the Kemba move is. I don't know if I don't know if, if you're yeah. a Celtics fan. I don't know if you love that move. Now we'll have to see. But with all of the assets that the Celtics have, the fact that they haven't been able to entice free agents to come or or even make trades to come to Boston is just. At what point do you start questioning Danny Ainge? I mean, he I'm had not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, he caps pretty hard. I think it's it's annoying as hell when a trade doesn't go through and he throws that, I offered eight, 80,000 first-round draft picks and they said no. It's like, eh, same thing. I, I, that, that shit annoys me. And then you have Zach Lowe kind of sucking him off on that stuff, which which ticks me off a little bit. Love you, Zach, but uh, you got to stop with that shit. <laughs> That's upsetting. I think I think I some GMs get to the point in their careers where the media is like they can do no wrong. And so anything that they do, they just talk about what the mindset was and how it was this genius play. And I feel like Ainge is almost there where people assume that he made the right move. And when it doesn't work out, they assume it was someone else's fault. Yeah, but like they're but they're two big free agent signings. Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward end up coming disappointing and leaving. Yeah, it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Yeah, for such for a team that's set up so well with their draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't think they I think they fall exactly where they did last season. Where they're just on the brink and they come up short. I think the East is sta- I mean the East is just so so good this season and uh a lot of teams added some nice additions that that they're going to need against a team like the Celtics or um what have you. Like I think the the 76ers are going to be much better. Obviously, hopefully they have Simmons in the playoffs. I just think if you want to compete in the East, especially on a shortened season where there's not that much time to recoup and rehab, you need to, you need to add someone to fill that void and, and they haven't done that. So, I mean, my official stance on the Celtics is I think they did exactly what they did last season, which is fall short in the playoffs. That's so funny. We, in the same episode, we said both the West and the East are so good this season. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel like the top half of these teams have just tremendously got, Maybe there's just more talent rolling into the NBA, but this is one of the most competitive times in the NBA that I can think of from like a NBA team death perspective. Like there are a lot of actually really competitive teams. It's really exciting. I think it's more just the parody of the league. You don't have in the East, you know, you don't have that team who everyone knows after, you know, over a decade of LeBron walking through the East. And then in the West, people are going to make Lakers arguments. But in my opinion, it's, it's a little bit more open than that. So I think it's just exciting to have all this parody and uncertainty going into a season. I mean, the, the Warriors are back. I know Clay's out, but how does that change things in the West, right? So I think it's just it's just the most exciting it's ever been. There's not like a blatantly obvious super team, at least yet, that can change between now and when the season starts. If Harden goes to the Nets, are they that super team? Are they the obvious, like, are they a clear path to the finals? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna say yes, and I, and I think that's probably a good place for us to close it out. Honestly, it's because I I think we could talk about that for an hour. I think there's a ton of teams that you guys just mentioned that we could talk about for multiple shows, multiple segments. And I'll, right? and I'll just got, say maybe for that, and leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We we can have that argument on another date, but you know, you've got the Nets, you've got the Hawks, who've made a lot of interesting moves, who we'll talk about here soon. You got. The Lakers, who are kind of re uh, re 
branding, if you will, kind of their 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 side shows and 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 their bench and, and their bench play. Um, what the fuck are the Thunder doing, right? I mean, Sam Presti's got a hundred draft picks. I mean, there's just so much to talk about, and we're gonna dive into that in the, in a future episode here, several future episodes. Yeah, him, Sam Presti, and Danny Ainge are just swimming in first round draft picks right now. They like smoking cigars, talking about how many first round draft picks they got. <laughs> yeah. They got like their collector books. They're like, Danny, ho- how many you got? Holographic first so round picks. Many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many. All right. So, yeah, like, like we said, next episode, we're definitely going to be talking about the Hawks and we're going to be getting into a couple other free agent or some, some of the other free agent moves to some of the other key teams. Thanks for joining us today. If you've got any questions or any sort of uh, disagreements or errors that we made in the show that you want to call out or if you want to tell don he's an idiot you know email us at granny shot at gmail.com or hit us up on twitter granny nba yeah.